The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It is listed among uh, Canada's top 10 most endangered heritage buildings by the National Trust for Canada, and it's celebrating after word the City of Edmonton's Executive Committee voted to write up a potential agreement for the sale of Hangar 11 in Blatchford. You're like, eh, what's Hangar 11 in Blatchford? Well, I'll tell you. It's an important piece of history from the Second World War, and it's sat empty since 2013. You've probably driven by it a hundred times and, and, and maybe not even known what it is or the history behind it. Uh, the cost of repairing it right now runs anywhere from 18 to $83 million. And of course, that is that is money that the city just doesn't have at this time. So they're considering an offer from a local developer to buy the hangar, grant it historic designation and renovate it. Here's Tim Antoniak from Architecture Inc. It is a live, eat, work, play development. So focused on affordable student housing, 225 units. So those would replace the ancillary offices on the east and west side uh, that are rotted out completely. You know, local coffee, local food, etc. We're looking at over 2,000 patrons a day coming through there, over 200 full and part-time people employed. Sounds like an interesting proposal. David Ridley is the executive director of the Edmonton Heritage Council. He joins us now with more on the historical signi- significance of the building. Hi, David. Welcome to the show. My pleasure. Thanks, Jalen. All right. Tell us a little bit more uh, about the hangar. I mean, because um, I, as I said, I've driven by that place, I don't know how many times in my 20 years uh, in Edmonton, and I had no idea about the significance of it um, in, in World War II. So can you take us back to 1939, 1940, and what was going on? I'll try. It's a remarkable artifact from, from that era. Um, and just to be clear, um, I think many people are familiar with Hangar 14, which is where the Aviation Museum is. But Hangar 11 is, of course, on the other side, right adjacent to Nate. So, 1942. Um, This is really about a story that's the American invasion of Edmonton. So, (laughs) the U.S. has just entered into the war. And Edmonton is a staging area for three enormous projects. The building of the Alaska Highway, or the Alkine uh, Supply Route. The Canal Pipeline, Canadian Oil Pipeline, all to do with the war effort and defense of North America. And then the Northwest Staging Route, which was about establishing airports and airstrips with facilities um, to get airplanes from manufacturing centers in the U.S. up to the northwest, up to Fairbanks, and then into the eastern front where um, the Soviet Union was defending the invasion of of the Soviet Soviet Union by uh, Nazi Germany. So Hangar 11 is the Edmonton point for that uh, of these airfields, which connects us to places in like Great Falls, Montana and Minneapolis. Um, and what happened here was the planes, which are part of a Lend-Lease program from the U.S., providing more support, these planes would have been given uh, Russian or Soviet uh, insignia and then were, would have been flown further up the northwest route toward to Fairbanks and then eventually over into, um, in, over in, into uh, Soviet Union by men and women pilots at that time. Mm-hmm. Wow. I had I had no idea. You talk about the American invasion of Edmonton. I had no idea about this history. I had no idea, and I found it fascinating. Over 10,000 U.S. soldiers and, what, almost 40,000 American civilians traveled 
to the Northwest and to Edmonton, um, you know, during the war. Um, I, that, that's amazing to me. It's remarkable. We were a city of uh, less than 100,000 at that point, or probably right around 100,000. So, you know, that's essentially a 50, you know, more than a 50 percent. And of course, it created housing shortage, and you imagine all the social tumult around it. So, <laughs> Hangar 11 is such a wonderful artifact of that, and you know, it's not a story that, of course, many Edmontonians know of. And we don't have that many places where it's uh, where it's told. In fact, we really don't have any other than the Aviation Museum. Yeah, yeah. So, tell us a little bit more. But you know, this is a this is a big building, isn't it? And there's been some damage to it from the weather over the past number of years. What do you know about that? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not a technical expert on that, but, yeah. you know, as you said, it hasn't been used, and, and these things, you know, this is now a, a nearly 80-year-old structure, which was, um, and these structures were typically built, you know, to be temporary, even though they, they there's certainly substantial building materials in them. So it's, um, you know, because it hasn't been in use, um, um, you know, windows are broken and rain and, you know, roofing and all those things, and so these things start to deteriorate, deteriorate quite quickly, and so it means if you're going to preserve, you're going to do something, some form of reuse, you have a relatively small window to do that in before, well, in, in the heritage field we call about demolition by neglect, which is, you know, mm-hmm. past the point of no return. Um, so that's, um, you know, that's been the case for a number of years. And, um, it, but, but as you indicated, it, it, these things would, could take such a massive infusion of, um, of, of dollars to sort of put into some state where you could then say, well, this is a facility that we can lease. Um, so that's been all part of this conversation about what is the future of Hangar 11, given its importance, but also the realities of economics. You've um, you've seen the plans that have been suggested by um, Tim Antoniak and Architecture Inc. What do you what do you think about that making making that hangar into that kind of multi-use building? I think it sounds really cool. I do too. I mean, I think it's exciting. Now, um, in some of the work leading up to the discussion at um, City Council yesterday, I mean, there's a number of options and possibilities that were explored for this, and they also involved, you know, who would own and operate um, the, yeah. the structure if it was preserved. And there were things like, you know, indoor recreation. So when you walk into this, into the hangar, you know, it's an enormous space with these enormous timbers, and it immediately thinks, well, you could, you know, how many volleyball courts or soccer <laughs> fields could you put in this? Um, so that was certainly, um, you know, part of the discussion. Would it, could it be a good recreational amenity? Um, and, you know, that was one of the key things. And then, and then, of course, it's really important that I think it serves the immediate community, which is, you know, notably Nate um, and its students and faculty. Um, and then, of course, you have the emergence of the, um, of the Blatchford residential um, community, which is just starting to roll. So that all went into, you know, what's, what's the best fit for this and all the other factors of, would someone come forward to actually um, designate the building, which means that, you know, it would largely, large parts, but would remain intact and preserved, and those couldn't be altered, but then also have a really useful um, community amenity. So I think the proposal, although this is a bit of a, you know, unconventional approach to doing this, um, I think by the city of Edmonton, um, that I think it's probably a, a good result given all the factors and balance around, you know, timing and momentum and serving serving the immediate community as well as some economic, you know, creating a great urban place, I think, at the end of the LR, at the LRT line and, um, you know, housing for students and food services yeah. and all that. 
Yeah, someone says, you know, it would be a, a really great live music venue as well. I think people's minds are starting to, to, to churn about, yeah. you know, the possibilities of it. David, you talk about uh, keeping some of um, the original pieces of the hangar in, in place. Um, what else has to go into um, making, to, to ensure that it, it gets a historical designation? Because um, I, I don't have any clue about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big question. So in, in Canada, there is a guide to the standards and guidelines for historic designation um, that, um, you know, cities like Edmonton, the province of Alberta, and and um, all others um, who are doing this kind of work across Canada subscribe to. And so the project needs to meet those um, standards. Now, there's some flexibility. This is not about, a, um, you know, a restoration of the, of the building. Um, even, um, you know, the, the, the offices, the an- office annex that were built onto it, um, you know, those were additions to the original structure um, for its, you know, later purposes, um, the home of Northwest Industries. Um, you know, those are the kinds of things that um, where, where there'll be some adjustment. I think the key component of this building is, of course, the enormous timber trusses, yeah. the span that that are in it and um, those are the distinguishing architectural feature um, that creates that great space um, so uh, you know I'm confident that um, city of Edmonton the the heritage planners um, and the planning department uh, will will work with um, you know the proposal that Tim and um, his colleagues have brought forth to you know see a good a good result David, uh, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon, giving us a, a little bit of insight into some Edmonton history, which I find absolutely fascinating. We'll be watching this closely, and uh, I'm excited to see um, how it might turn out in the coming years. Thank you for this, David. Oh, thanks for your interest. Yeah, we're all, we'll all be watching closely, so it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, thank you.